Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. We're here at Optimist Hall at Fanta Flora, Danny Brands. It's a new spot on the show after an epic weekend for right. Charlotte FC. 1.7 games left in the season, and we can still find a new spot to do the show from. That's the beauty of Charlotte scene. Awesome scene here in Noda, the, the sort of we're sort of in that gray area between Noda and Uptown. We're not quite to Noda just yet, but it's Optimist Hall, one of the finest places in Charlotte. You can find this place on various lists of coolest places to hang out, best places to eat, best beer selection, best place to live. It it really is all over the, the map as far as Optimist Hall, knowing where you're at in North Charlotte, and it's blowing up around here. You can hear. Some the sounds of construction behind us as there's another condo tower. Imagine that a new, a new condo tower going up in Charlotte. Who would have thought? They made sure to do the parking garage first because you got to park somewhere <laughs> around yeah, exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. And you have to pay to park at Optimus Hall now, which you didn't used to have to do. Although, just don't tell anybody. But I did not pay. I just I just signed up. Yeah, for what it's worth. I didn't pay either. So I think your first 90 minutes are free. But we might be here 90 minutes because we got a lot to talk about. We certainly do. And we what called are you drinking? It, we, we called it an epic weekend for, for, for many different reasons, but first and foremost, because of the 4 0 win. Uh, let me say that again the 4 0 win over Philly. But before we dive into that result, we got to, we've got to answer the question that you asked. What, what are we drinking? I've, I've got the Pilsner. Yeah, here at Fonteflora, they got a really nice. What, what, how would you describe the inside of Fonteflora in terms of being kind of. There's, there's a lot of plant life in there. It's very minimalist, but it kind of feels almost like a terrarium or a greenhouse inside. Lenny Boy vibes. I like it. I that, like it. That's yeah. how I would describe it. The Lenny Boy of the North. One thing I do know is that we have not only been connoisseurs of beer flavors and varieties and tastes and notes and, and, and brews and things like that throughout the season, but we've been a, a connoisseurs of beer names. We've looked at a lot of beer walls across this great city this season as we've looked you know see all kinds of names and we're going to do our beers of the season that countdown is coming up for sure later probably within a month from now depending on how things go in the playoffs if we make it but i'm drinking a greatly named beer that also tastes great it's a hazy ipa as i've made kind of made my staple of the season which i have a lot i have a lot to say about the what i used to drink in years past with what i'm drinking now that's a whole bonus episode we'll get to, but uh, the Hazy IPA is called a Well I'll Be, which I love that title. Well I'll Be is how I hear it in my head, and the beers treat me nice. I can't really blame it. Fontefort is doing a good job out here, and uh, you can see why there's new housing going up in this area because it's just a great place to live and a great place to be. Who wouldn't want to live right next to one of the best places to grab a meal of all varieties and have a drink at the same time? No, it's it's a great place to be. I'm gonna pick up some dumpling lady after this bring it home uh, to the house that that's going to be fantastic as well there's you can get poppy queso i i got poppy queso uh door dashed to the house a couple weeks ago right. from from optimist that's, Hall. yeah it's worth it yeah, there's, a, there's a great it's Indian. worth whatever delivery fee they're going to slap on it sometimes <laughs> to get that poppy queso just dropped off okay here's the deal uh, we we've got a lot to talk about today so enough of our bullshit off the top of the show um, hey you know, we're, we're, we're sharing charlotte with the people it's a great town. Yeah, it is town a great town. keeps blowing it, up. It is a great town, and I'm happy to be here after um, what felt like a long week in, in Taos, New Mexico. So it's good to be back on the East Coast. Uh, wasn't able to be at the match on Saturday night, which 
is unfortunate, but you know what you need to you do, Danny Brands? You missed, you missed a pretty good opportunity that I can't wait to go into in a minute. You, and and I, I hope that the tremendous friends of the show are proud of me for this because all season long I've been literally knocking on my neighbor's door saying, you got to go to a match. You got to go to a match. Are you coming to this match with us? Are you coming to this match with us? And finally I said, hey, I'm going to be out of town for the match against Philadelphia. Here's the two tickets. Get your ass to the stadium. Make sure you go. Just you I don't need I don't need any money. I don't need any compensation. Just make sure you go. I wanted to introduce Charlotte FC to a couple Charlotteans who may not be that into soccer, but I know could become intoxicated by the environment at the keep. And just like us after a long podcast session, they got drunk. <laughs> they got drunk off the crowd. And they had oh, a fantastic yeah. time. Uh, at the keep on Saturday night. So we've got two new fans as, as part of the Charlotte FC community. Lindsay and John Boardman, shout out to them. Hell yeah. They were there though in the in the club level. Danny Rams, you were you were somewhere else. I mean, shit, I thought club was a good spot at the stadium. Hey man, lock me up because I was in the vault for the first time all year. You know, like I finally got that vault experience that is not something I expected I was gonna get to do this year. I love my life in the supporter section, as you know. The tap room is what it's all about at the Lowe's Gate. That's where I wanna see a majority of Charlotte FC games, but Things happen, and we, like I've said, I've, I've said this over and over again, and you, some people might think it's a joke or tongue-in-cheek or trolling. We have the best listeners in the Charlotte FC podcast universe. It's obvious. The people that listen to this show are better than the people that don't. That's just the way it goes. So we have a listener, and I don't want to give his Twitter name. It has the word, like, the anonymous blank in it, so I don't really want to give too much away. I don't want to burn this guy. Uh, so let me just say that a, uh, a gracious beneficial listener decided to reach out to me a few days before the match and say, hey, Brams, would love to invite you and John. Really enjoy the show. Would love to invite you guys down to the vault for the match. I got a couple tickets of some people that use them that are not going this time around, so come on down. So this guy hooked me up with two tickets, and it was great. And Unfortunately, you weren't able to take one, so I was able to get one of our tremendous friends of the show and a, a great work buddy of mine and really just a great life buddy of mine, Brett Thompson. You know, he's a Liverpool fan, but we won't hold that against him. And uh, he uh, got your ticket, basically. He was he, he got you the ticket that was meant for you, John. But we went down and met, uh, you know, more our, tif our anonymous TIFOs there and his wife. And uh, they had a, uh, a friend, a couple friend that was with them. And we all just met up. There were a couple other guys that were like regulars in the seats. And it was just like this group of eight people that we that just kind of took us in Brett they took Brett and I in really awesome and the life is so good down there man I like I don't <laughs> I need to win the lotto or you know invent the next cryptocurrency or something to like hit get a windfall because I need that life down there in the vault again I like once you go VIP it's so tough to go back to not being VIP in, in, in certain experiences I obviously am not having any problem with going back to the supporter section but the free open bar the buffet with quality food oh my I had a look I, I even had a salad I mean it was I felt so just like luxuriating and all the greatest I just made myself a salad there's a salad bar down there you know like I had a hot dog like a bratwurst hot dog I had uh, 
I was drinking rum and cokes and Jack and cokes and old fashions. They were mixing up a they were mixing up sort of a specialty cocktail, like a vanilla cinnamon old fashioned down there that was just you know oh for my. the occasion. And I was having those pretty heavy. And so you get to go down, you see the players walk in and out. I actually that's how I learned about the Kalina news. Like I saw I saw Christian Kalina like sprint in past me like in tears almost like holding his hand and I was like oh that, that ain't good right <laughs> I was like wait a minute I have to back up off my fourth free drink of the night and if, like, if yeah. I may interrupt your story to say this it's the second time this season I've been impressed by Pablo Cisniega yeah. and he showed out against Chelsea made yeah. some huge saves at the end of that match and while I felt bad for Christian Kalina right I was excited for Pablo Cisniega to get this opportunity and to come out with a clean sheet. Right. I almost called it a Kalina sheet. Right. It's a it's a Pablo sheet now. <laughs> so it's fantastic to know. And just to point out, it wasn't George Mark. So well, yeah, so right. here's the deal. I'm down there. I, you know, to bring it back to the vault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down there and I see George Mark's in a suit. He's in street clothes. He's in a suit and a tie. He's just kind of kicking it. And George has been the second goalkeeper for much of the season. I would say 60% of the season or more, he was lining up in that backup spot. But Pablo is is an established MLS keeper. He he started a lot of games for LAFC last year, and he it was. And I think that he's surprising. better than Christian Kalina. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! How what? I don't know how many minutes we are into this podcast, but the, at at blank blank time on episode fifty one, I think of the Charlotte Soccer Show, you just dropped a bomb. I just wanted to put it out there. I didn't want to save that for later in the show. So you, you mentioned it. Wow, dude. You just knocked me off my story because that's insane. You really think that? Tell me why you think that. I think that he's got MLS experience. I think that he showed out against Chelsea in front of a record crowd. When he came in, he made the saves that ended up winning us that match. And I also think that he stepped in in a pressure pack situation and kept a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. And hey, listen, I, I, I think Christian Kalina is a shot stopper. But as the season rolled on, I called him, I called Kalina, the MVP of the first half of the season. Yep, you know what did. happened? He fell off the face of the earth. You know what? I I think there's an argument to be made there. I'd have to dig a little deeper if I decide if I truly agree or disagree with what you're kind of hinting at. I will say this. You are kind of disappointed in Kalina in his distribution, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things you knock him for. Pablo earned high marks for his distribution. It wasn't even really safe. The back line did such a good job, and I will sing their praises all, all throughout this episode as well, in terms of making it easy for Pablo to keep the clean sheet because he really only had to make two probably difficult or you know challenging saves. He made a couple other dives that where he he like he covered the corner, but the shot went wide. So like he, he was very impressive for sure, but uh, it was his distribution that won him the rave reviews from many fans that I saw. And this goes way back to open practice before the season even started, having eyes on Pablo in net. He just has a commanding presence in there. And listen, whether he's better than Christian Kleiner or not, it's it's a take. It's a hot take, clearly. Hey, and the point I'm trying to make is, fire is that it up. You know, the, exactly. the point I'm trying to make is, and, and it's the it's the same point that I've been trying to make the entire season, right? Is that this is the first year of the franchise, and you got to see what you have at all positions, and you got to understand who is going to be around for the long haul. And if I was Christian Kalina, I would be looking at Pablo, and I'd be saying to myself. I've got myself a competition this yeah. offseason. 
Well, so I was always of a mind, for my part, for my part, I was always out of a mind that we were kind of stockpiling an asset there. It was like, okay, we, we put Kalina as our number one. We have the young, like 20-ish year old uh, George Marks in development that we're giving him some back bench experience. And Pablo has the MLS experience that we know he'll be a, a trade asset in the next off season. So we were just kind of keeping him around. But I've had to come, I've changed that because Latanzio's elevated him up to the number two, and I think he's pushing for number one after a performance like we just saw. And I'm not here for a debate. I'm not here for an argument. And I for mean, any of the tremendous friends of the show that are giving me shit right now right. about talking smack about Christian Kalina, that's not what I'm doing. What I'd rather you take from this conversation is Charlotte FC has two very good goalkeepers. At the end of the day, it's a goalkeeper. Like, like if, you're, if your whole fandom is based on the goalkeeper as your favorite player, prepare for disappointment. I'm just going to let you know because goalkeepers change all the time. You know whose opinion I want on this? Jessica Sharman. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the mad cat, of that, course. I, I, I want to hear her opinion she, on this. Yeah, exactly. Hit us up in the DMs. She's going to not like what I just said about, uh, <laughs> about goalkeepers change all the time for sure. I violated GK Union 100% with that statement. So, uh, aside from my hot tape, we, we've got a lot, a lot to talk about with this squad. Danny Brams, I'm like, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you got the vault experience. And, and obviously, um, bummed that I couldn't make it. But thank you to our tremendous friends of the show who made that happen. Well, and what it was, and I'll, I'll quit bragging on like what I got to go through because no one cares. No one cares about your fantasy team and no one cares about you know the time you got to be a VIP for half an hour. Yeah. But I will say this. I had a front row seat to brilliance because the clinic that was put on by our two of our defenders and two of our attackers were some of the best performances from Charlotte FC that I've seen all season. I'm clearly talking about, on the defensive side, Nathaniel Byrne and Adilson Melanda. Our two summer signings finally showed up. Again, imagine if we had signed these guys in the first week of the window instead of the last day. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Melanda, I believe he hit 34 of 34 passing. He had so many clearances and headed clearances. And, like, uh, Philly would get some free kicks in some dangerous positions, especially when they had, like, a, a corner kick from inside the box type thing where they were like right near the line that easily could have been dangerous Melanda rose above everyone and got that shit out of there immediately so like Melanda was amazing and then uh, Nathan Byrne just with his his backtracking ability there was a couple early moments in the first half especially where what Philly does Philly scores a lot of goals I think they had the most goals per game in MLS as well as the, the clean sheet record they're just a machine forgetting about the keep they didn't even penetrate <laughs> The outer wall. Right, exactly. Because there would be times when uh, we would be attacking and they would get a quick steal and a quick counter. And they'd bounce the ball over the top. That's what they do. And they got some really good strikers who are good at those one-on-one -on -one situations. But there were a few times early on where balls would bounce over the top and come back against us. And Pablo didn't even have to worry because Byrne was, like, racing his ass off. Like, there was a couple – like, please go back and watch that match if you missed those moments. Because some of what Byrne did early in the match to keep it nil-nil even before we scored – uh, was completely underrated for sure and then uh, Milan was just amazing I could go on and on and about him but on the offensive side it's obvious it's Camille Yusviak who I need we need to talk about in a whole different light and also the man who I want to say this is my theme for for I want to say this whole thing it's taken us this long to get there but this was the night that the bouncer said you know what you watch the door I'm going up on stage it's time to be the DJ he was spinning hits, baby. 
Danny Rios, I think that my text message to you as I was doing pre-wedding photos with my sister <laughs> and wasn't able to have eyes on the match. I were watched... you standing off to the side while the in-laws, it was their turn, and then you were just like, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, 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 I know yeah, that scene. Yeah, I've they, been on that scene. The Hayes sure. family yeah, went first. Exactly, yeah. The Lawn family went second. Of course, of course. Um, and pictures started at 3 Mountain Time. Which was, which was 5 Eastern, which was ex- like right when the match was like getting yep. ready to get kicked off and, and things were happening. So I quickly glanced at my phone before we, had, we, before we headed to the ceremony. And I think all I texted you was Danny fucking Rios. Like, he, he, not only did he turn into the DJ, he, you know what he does? He owns the bar now. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's his bar. It's like, it's like uh, the the bar owners were in a in a shootout with a with a rival bar gang uh, in town, and everybody died, and it was time for the bouncer yeah. to just go. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's like, it's mine now. Of the place. I'm the biggest, yeah, exactly. baddest dude at this place. Yeah, and you don't fuck with me. Uh huh. And, and a lot of the reason why, and I'm gonna go back to our last episode at Triple C, and I'm gonna talk about the discussion we had about setting up this team for success against the Philadelphia Union and Danny Rios was part of my plan. It was the lineup you it wasn't the lineup it was the formation you called for. And I was looking for that 4-4-2. I was looking for Carroll and I was looking for Danny to be able to play off of each other. But what Carroll's doing is he's dropping back into that hole as a number 10 and he's playing off Rios. So yeah, you call him a DJ, you call him a bouncer, or you call him a owner of the bar, right? But you're you're always, you always are who you were. Mm -hmm. And the bouncer was in position at all times to set up Carol Spiderski for success, right? Sometimes the bouncer gets the hundred dollar bill right. to let somebody <laughs> right. in, right? right? Exactly. You know, sometimes exactly. the bouncer, bouncer makes the eat. cash. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and that that was the night last night. The uh, not last night, Saturday night, at the keep, Danny Brams. He got handed four hundred dollar bills. Right. And it was great. Uh, you're right because the ser- so the service was great. He. I would say he created a second goal for sure. First goal, a tap-in. He created the second goal with some nifty footwork in the box. Third goal, a penalty. And fourth goal, a tap-in that I... I mean, McKenzie gains. Oh, my God. The cro- the pinpoint crossing that McKenzie is doing right now is out of this world. But so, yeah. So, Rios, right place, right time in some of these goals. But, like, it was all... I think... I don't think he... Uh, would dispute the fact that it was all a tribute to what the team was accomplishing. I mean, right. so the first goal, Carroll's got the ball in a dangerous position yep. at the top of the box. He could try to force the issue against two defenders, but instead he lays out to the wing. Camille's there. What did you say at the beginning of the season? Go inside, then go outside. Like, finally the team is doing it. Like, like the tactics are, like, starting to pay off because, again, Carroll could have forced it. Instead he lays off. Gives Camille a chance to work one on one, create some space for himself, and then he finds Rios for a tap in. You know, and then the second goal is just pure work rate, work rate by Camille Yusviak. Like, again, like I don't, I, I'm not, I don't want to come off as a flake to anybody. Been highly critical of Yusviak. I called him useless Viak. I t- said send him back. Said send him back to Derby County or Poland or whichever team will take him. We don't care. Like I've said horrible things about this guy because that's what we do. Is like. 
we're fans. We take it to the extreme and we, we say what our heart truly feels in the moment. So I don't want to feel like a flake by or a flip-flopper, but I change my mind when the evidence changes and the, what I'm seeing in front of me presents itself. I can only evaluate what I see in front of me. And you had a fantastic view of his performance where you were. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Exactly. He's on the left wing, and I'm sitting there right in section 115 uh, in the second row in the, in the near the corner just seeing this man work. And, like, that's the, uh, the second goal was the best one of the coolest things I've ever seen at Bank of America Stadium just because of the view and everything. And like the first goal was down on the opposite end from us, but it looked like really nice work. The second goal was right in front of us. And so like to see like Camille just bulldogging it and like great distribution from Cisniega that created a play that like led Camille to again be sort of one-on-one, one against one and a half, working a few defenders, creating space, and then and then finding Rios who had, like I said, the nifty footwork like right in front of me. like. Amazing, and then the penalty happens. That's Nuno subs in. You know, the thing is, one thing I want to comment on. I could go through this, 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 and this, but you're better off just like watching the highlight packages, like out from WFNZ and uh, and from Eric and Lloyd and whatnot. In terms of they've put some really good videos out in this club and whatnot. All I would want to talk about is the vibe, and the vibe was we're playing the the best team in the league a record-breaking, a record-setting team in MLS history with what they've been able to accomplish on offense and defense. And we are kicking their ass and not even, like, feeling worried about it. Like I said, a couple early chances in the first half. In the second half, they almost just quit. And it, it goes back to, like, we freaking intimidated the shit out of these guys. Like, they had they had no idea what they were in for. We're coming off in our, our international break, and they looked... They looked like they had taken the entire international break off and like they all went to uh, go hang out. I'm trying to think of a Philadelphia landmark. You can probably do a lot better than me, but like maybe they maybe they spent the weekend at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, the, they were, the they, week they, and a half, yeah, I should they, say. They were down at the Borgata in AC. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were, they were just like having <laughs> yeah. a good time at the, uh, the gypsy yeah. bar. They showed up with, with no clue what they were in for. And I got to say this, Danny Rio spoke on it. I mentioned like the interview, like I mentioned WFNZ earlier. He gave a great interview on that uh, radio station earlier this week with Will, and he uh, he said he said the f- they asked him. So the question was, and I, the whole context of this is amazing because the question was, what's different between Charlotte and Nashville, where you came before? Two, you you were on the expansion team in Nashville, and you're the expansion team in Charlotte. What's different? He said. Well, it's the fans. He instantly said, well, it's the fans, and I don't have the word for it, but they are amazing, and what they do is so intimidating. I even noticed it when the other teams come into town, and I saw it the other night when Philadelphia looked up and was staring at what our fans were doing right before kickoff. I knew in that moment we were going to win the match. That's what he said. It was absolutely incredible. And, like, I have to, again, flip the script on things I've said earlier this season. Uh Uh-oh, you're going to talk about the Poznan? I have to just mention the Poznan. (laughs) Because, because I I didn't I was against it early in the season. I don't like I didn't like the turning the backs to the field. Yeah, I just want to do it facing the squad. Right. That's always yeah. But when we were in the supporter section two two games ago, at the uh, the New York game, right? Like, yeah, the, the like NYCFC. Yeah, game. we you, that's when you came down and we were sitting closer than we've ever sat in supporters, and we all we we did we had to turn around and yeah, do it, you know, yeah. because it's like. It actually does build energy. Like, you, you, I can't deny that, like, so I, I guess I would say, to clarify my thoughts, is that I felt it was a little artificial at the beginning of the season, and yet we, by sheer force of will, the people who believe in the Poznan made it a thing at our games, and I salute them, and I ha- heartily join in 
yet another flip flop from Danny Brams in, in the course of the inaugural season. Let's let, let's not um, act as if we we don't realize that this entire first season has been a roller coaster ride. <laughs> no doubt. And I think we had an episode titled that. The highs have been high, the lows have been low, and here we are today on a beautiful October early yeah. evening at Optimus Hall and still this, alive in the playoff race this club we, we talked about it months ago we said maybe that Columbus match will mean something yeah maybe yeah. it will I don't know what's going to happen yeah. you, know, you know what it is Danny Rams it's in about 27 hours from now and As we're and we're going to be back there and that's the next topic of this show because while, yes, beating Philadelphia 4-0 and keeping them away from the Supporters' Shield, LAFC clinch, clinched that. Felt nice. Yeah. We fucked up one season. Let's go fuck up another one. Exactly right. So we have the ability to do Whether that Whether we make the Columbus. playoffs or not, there's some. Uh, there's a lot of joy in playing well and being a spoiler. And Heart of hearts, heart I still think we need too much help. I think we will... I, my prediction is that we win both these games and still don't make it at this point. Like... You know, like, I just think there's too much help needed, so. Well, there's a man who just announced his retirement that <laughs> if we don't make the the playoffs, we can thank him. Yeah, right. I We blamed Christian Latanze earlier this season in the uh, in the mystery episode. Really, maybe it was actually Gonzalo Higuain framing, framing uh, old CL for sure. It, it, was, uh, it wasn't an inside job. <laughs> it, was, it was somebody coming right. in from the outside. It was Kaiser freaking Sose in the form of a... 45-year-old cigarette-smoking Argentinian legend that decided to come dominate MLS for three weeks when it mattered most to fucking Charlotte FC. I, I can't wrap my mind around the fact that, like, he's had these last-minute goals for the last month yeah. to impact our entire season, and in the middle of that, he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to hang it up. <laughs> right. Not even wait. You can wait two more games till the end of the year, but let's just have a big old press conference today. Yeah, what a bum. Fuck that guy. Like, ah, like, my, ah, I need a voodoo doll. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Andy Brams. There's a couple things. We've, we've got so much to talk about today. I haven't told you to follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. Make sure you do that. It's a great place to be. And by the way, top in 90, Charlotte is a soccer city, baby. And Thanks for following. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We appreciate you listening. And we'd love to have you on as a guest this offseason. I think you'd be a fantastic contributor to the show. And I know Danny Brams, you joined uh, Top In on the CLT Fan TV. Was Top In on that episode? No, well, Brian was. Brian Moore was there representing Top oh, In as, a, I see. as an entity, as an organization. Oh, okay, yeah. He I mean, turned a great piece on Derek Jones today, by the way, Iron Fist Velvet Glove. Who can I, I, who can I find to represent me? I, I had one, <laughs> bro. You have anyone? You know anyone? Anyone that you we hang out with? Maybe it, Brett. Uh, yeah. Brett. Brett. Brett is my representative. Brett. Brett owes us one first off, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, but uh, but no, actually, Brian actually turned a great article on Derek Jones today, just tangentially as we wrap up this first segment. That was really good. Except my one nitpick, as I always have one, is. He called Derek an unsung hero. I don't know about that. We've been singing the praises of uh, the Iron Fist Velvet Glove for quite a while on this well, show. Well, I think that I understand where he's coming from, right? And the reason why is because there's there's people who are casual fans 
and there are people that host podcasts about the club who watch <laughs> yeah, every yeah. minute I guess, of every match. I guess we're pretty dialed in. Yeah, yeah. I can't hold everyone to my standard as much as I'd want to. And you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Danny Brams. Make sure to do that. Follow me at John Hayes on air. I'm so happy to be back in the Queen City. It was a... It was a crazy travel weekend. I won't lie to you, Danny Bramps. You're still going on fumes, right? You really haven't stopped moving since you left Charlotte to go to New Mexico a week ago. And I'm not going to stop because tomorrow there's a match. Right, exactly. And it doesn't stop. On Thursday, it's Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. On Friday, I'm heading up to Raleigh to play in a golf match this weekend. Man. And on, on Sunday, I'm coming back to, to watch Decision Day and have a party with you. Decision Day. What are we doing for Decision Day? That's a question for the TIFOs. We want to hear, where's the party? Yeah. Where's the party? I can't make plans until after Wednesday night's result, but if things go a certain way, the plans could be large. Could be bigger than the Brownie Bro party. Who knows? Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams here at Optimist Hall, Fontaflora. Feeling optimistic. We are. That that is that is exactly right. And next, we're going to talk about the Columbus match. This is a MLS disaster. Debacle. The league has done a nice job growing the beautiful game in the United States, but shit, do they still have a long way to go to figure out how to deal with certain situations? It's an earmuff segment coming up next because I got some f bombs to drop. Hide your kids. We're back after this. Welcome back, Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house here at Optimist Hall, Fontaflora Brewery. It's a it's a tasty, tasty spot, Danny Brams, and, and you've officially achieved the hat trick. We got new beers, baby, and uh, I am not embarrassed to tell you that I ordered two beers. <laughs> I got two beers for our second segment because I feel like I'm going to need them, and I, I'm having so much fun out here. I didn't want to back, walk back in in the middle. Uh, what? I'm trying to do here, John, and you tell me if this is misguided, if this is inspired. You tell me. I'll let you give the ruling. It's it's early October. It's the first week of October. I'm still trying to get in a fall moat. I'm still I'm going to try to use my beers to transition me into fall mode. I, I've, I've been drinking IPAs. I've been drinking Blondes. I've been drinking Pilsner from time to time. It's time to start getting into some lagers, maybe a porter or two. I doubt I get to a stout, but I'm trying to get to these autumn beers, drinking the Oktoberfest. So what I got here, what I got here is a Marzen from here at Fontaflora. It's a it's a traditional autumnal beer. And then I, I tried one other flavor to achieve the hat trick, as you said, three different awesome beers here at Fontaflora. I got a Steinfest, which was a little little bit of fancier autumnal, I believe it was it was boiled oak and, and lightly smoked. Ooh. Damn, that sounds good. Uh, why didn't I order that? I'm about to how's taste it, it. How's it taste? Oh, wow. 
<laughs> oh wow, the, the Steinfest is nice. The Steinfest is nice. It kind of hits you with that in the in the back of the uh, in the roof of the mouth there, right at the end as you as you take it down. And I had a, a taste of the uh, the the Marzen earlier, and they're both good. And I'm I'm on my way to fall. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm working on it. I was fully committed to fall when we were at OB and O&B a few weeks ago. We <laughs> knocked down about five Oktoberfest, yeah. Mechtoberfest beers. Oof, that's O&B. a good one too. Yeah, beers so. of the season? Yes. Anybody? Yeah, that's that's way Not, near the top. Submit your nominees. I, I talked to some folks this year within the local beer scene in Charlotte who said OMB's Mechtoberfest batch this year On is, point. is really hitting hard. You know, because every year you know you don't know, right? You do your best to create the the October beer and apparently OMB just absolutely fucking. You just it hope it year. turns out according to your, what you're hoping for. Exactly. Yeah. So what we're going to do in the second segment is we're going to answer a ton of your questions, and what we're going to do before that is talk about the Columbus match and well, the biggest question. The biggest question. Who's available for the Columbus match? I'm available. <laughs> I was in the stadium that night. <laughs> Brams is available. He was in the stadium. We that almost night. got kicked out that night, if I remember correctly. We did. You know who wasn't in the stadium that night? Adelson Melanda. Oof. Nathan Byrne wasn't in the facility that night. Nuno Santos wasn't in the facility that night. Guzman Carujo, he was there. <laughs> he started. He started in he the facility the, he, that he, night. He was on the pitch. Can we? Can we? Can we go back and if we get Guzman healthy and just go back in time, just get get in the DeLorean and send everybody back? So the major issue about the game on Wednesday night, whether you're listening to this Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon headed to the match. I know some of y'all drive from, from way, o- or, uh, way around the Carolinas up to Asheville, down to Rock Hill, up to Concord, up to Raleigh, down to Charleston. I know a lot of y'all make the trip. Yeah. If you're listening to this, our show, by the way, on their drive down to the match, that's that's a pretty high honor. We t- we don't take that lightly. That that you are doing us quite a service, and we thank you so much. And, and but I do but I do empathize for you because who wants to drive to see a fucking seventy three minute soccer match? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, ninety minutes I like. Seventy three minutes I'm not so sure. Kind of. Yeah. So this match is going to start in the seventeenth minute, and it's going to be with a drop ball. Like you, you know how in uh, end game. They they try to figure out time travel. Yeah, and they send the uh, the the, ant, ti- the, the time the time heist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Can we time heist go back and get Goose? No, no, like for this that. Match? No, that's it's like literally. No, what we're doing is we're going back in time. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Everything is as it was. Christian Fuchs is suspended for the red card that he got in the previous match. We don't even have these new signings on our team. <laughs> yeah. And it's the most important <laughs> yeah. match of the season. Yeah, I believe it was. Tor- I think it was the Toronto match that Fuchs got that red card, if I'm not mistaken. And let me so, say yeah. this. Think about let me say was. this very clearly, Don Garber, you're a piece of fucking shit. And the reason why is because this is an absolute disgrace of a decision. Right. You start at the match. It's zero zero. It's 17 minutes in. To act like this is okay. Mm-hmm. When you look at your entire organization, when you look at your league, and you act like, oh, this is fine, nothing to see here. What? Right. What? Okay, two weeks later, fine. Let's right. go back two weeks and play the match. Right. Two plus months later, right? To act as if, right? A different season, a different you know season on the calendar. 
it's it's yeah. it's a huge problem for MLS. Uh, Tom Bogert, somebody that we respect. Love Tom. Tommy Scoops covers the MLS maybe better than anybody in the in the world. He said that this was a wild wrinkle. I said, Tommy, no, this, uh-huh. this is this is not a wild wrinkle. <laughs> this is an absurd decision by Major League Soccer. This is fucking bullshit as, as I deliver on the first of those F-bombs I promised earlier. <laughs> I mean, I just, I truthfully cannot wrap my mind around acting as if Wednesday night's match versus Columbus is a continuation of a match from two months ago right. with a squad that is completely different. Teams are completely different. Could you imagine if this happened in the Premier League? You know what? It know wouldn't why? happen in the Premier League. And that's why you can't imagine it. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that. No, yeah, exactly. This is MLS amateur bullshit is what it is. I enjoy the league. I like the league. I support Charlotte FC. I think there's a ton of great players in this league. But a decision like this coming from the league office is an absolute disgrace. It kind of shows you how far the league still has to go sometimes in regards to making logical decisions or you know decisions that make any kind of sense whatsoever. Okay, but put that all aside, right? Forget about the... Well, the rant, but but let's just no. Let's go back ranting. to the beginning. Keep, no, I want to hear more rant. Let's go. Back, I want to hear more rant. Let's go back to the beginning, right? Why did this match start in the first place? Of course, we were the, there. That's the ultimate question. We looked at the radar. Yeah, we were at the tap room for hours waiting for it to start, and we looked at the yeah. radar and we said, "This game is not going to go." At on. one point, we took a walk around the stadium because we were so bored, and we were just like, "Let's let's try to just spend some time because it, you know like." For the, it's better to be let in than to be kept out in those lightning situations, obviously. But it gets a little swampy in there. <laughs> the, the couple times we've been in these lightning delays, it, it gets it gets hot real quick in the concourses and really humid. So you're kind of like, what the hell's going on? So we walked around, we're killing time, just like drinking and drinking, hoping to get the match in. And finally, if you remember, when the match finally did kick off, it was just nothing but like wild ass people in the stands it was going crazy like people were like whipping shirts around and like it was like the diehard few of the few at that point and but you knew that lightning was going to come again do you know what i'm disappointed about i'm disappointed in david tepper for not saying this is bullshit right fight for us i'm disappointed in zoran Cronetta for not saying this is bullshit. fight for us yeah i'm disappointed in christian latanzio for not saying this is bullshit all three of those Important members of this club should vocally say this is fucking bullshit. Well, it just goes to the whole theme of this season, which is the MLS kind of. I'm not going to say MLS is biased against us. That's taking it a step too far. But what I will say is that MLS doesn't really care about us as an expansion team. So I think our grievances go a, a little bit less listened to. Not not as a means of conspiracy or like the league is trying has it out for us, but just in the terms of they've got a lot going on and so when the expansion team pipes up, they're like, ah, whatever. We don't care really what, what Charlotte is bitching about at this point in time. We're just going to move forward. And, and, and I just think that we have a little less pull in that regard. Like you can you know, you can set My only retort to that would be like, I'm sure Columbus isn't thrilled about this either. Well, they have Cucho. <laughs> they have their summer signing that they got at the beginning of the window. We don't have ours that we got at the end, again. But 
I'm sure Columbus doesn't love it. Again, I think... You want to travel down here, get on a flight to play a 73-minute match? Not even play a full soccer match? Well, but the thing about that, the thing is, it's all about positioning. We need it more. We're the ones that are... Cha- we're the chasers. They're the ones that just have to serve. All they have to do I is come down and get a draw. Well, I completely disagree. They need to draw as much as we need to win. Both clubs need it just as much. Well, they need it because they're not in, in a playoff position, but still they kind of think of themselves as not quite as urgent. I just feel like there's more urgency on Charlotte's side than Columbus' side. I hope. Maybe that's. Maybe I'm just hoping that. At the end of the day, I, I don't want to, you know, dwell on this too much because I think we need to get to the informational aspect of it. Who's available? Well, the, what we have to do is we have to start the match in the 17th minute with everybody that was on the pitch at that time. And, the, and the same bench. The good news is Cal Sardarski was on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the game that he was randomly benched for some reason. So he's uh, on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Christian Kalina was in that. But it also... You can sub if there's an injury. Right, that we will be able to change so out. Guzman, yeah. So Christian Kalina could be subbed right. in this match. Pablo Cisniega right. could potentially be in, uh, in net to start this match. Guzman Carujo, out. Jan Sobosinski, in. Right, you have to assume it's Jan because, because M- Milan will not be available. He's not allowed to yeah, play. Exactly, he's not allowed. Anton Walks. I will say, yeah, Walks will be Walks will be in. Walks, he, I, I will say that Kalina was reported to have fully, fully trained today, earlier, about a few hours before we recorded this episode, and looked great, according to CL. Lats, as they've been calling him in the streets these days. And... Uh, so he is on track to still potentially play. Maybe you'd rather see Pablo after the discussion we had a few minutes ago. We'll see what happens, how he feels on the pre-match warm yeah. So we know our center back pairing. On the wings, Joseph Mora's out there. And I believe... Affle. It's Harrison Affle? Yeah. yeah. Joseph Mora's out there. Harrison Affle's out there. Bronico's in the six. Ben Bender's out there? Here's where it gets a little weird. Quinn McNeil's out there? Yeah. Reyna, Gaines, Swiderski. That fills out the squad that we're looking at that has to be on the pitch. Now, we have five subs in the match. It's already the 17th minute. Do we burn a sub or two trying to change up who we've got out there? Do we try to get Derek Jones back on the pitch with an insta-sub? We have so yeah. I know that's one of the TFOs questions, but this really one of the I'm things so you, we should this, just address it now. Let, let me just let me just speak my mind here, Danny Rams, and tell you. Speak it. This is everything that the beautiful game is not. Right. This is an affront right. to the game of football. Right. This is a joke, and it's Americanized version of a sport that the world loves. And the fact that MLS is making us even have this discussion. Right is pathetic just start the match over just start the match over just uh, nothing happened in those 17 minutes it was an ugly slog there was no real scoring chances it was it's ridiculous just start the match over yeah all square yeah you know hey (laughs) yeah call up call up uh joe LeBlue. hey joe yeah you good we started over and use our uh, the full roster Mm -hmm. yeah sure let's do that Mm -hmm. call up columbus's crew their president. Hey, you good if we start? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus said that. That's what I'm saying is they have no incentive to do anything that we ask them to do in this situation. Well, that could come and bite them back in the ass very quickly, couldn't it? Uh, we hope so. Now, listen, this I, I, I really want 
you know, you, you've heard me go on the rant, you've heard me use expletives, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, relax here. But realistically, well, this scenario is so strange. This scenario is so unique. And this scenario makes me feel like MLS is run by amateurs. Yeah, it fails the common sense test. And the, the, the problem is is that any concession that we would be made to Charlotte FC, it, which I you obviously know that I don't think would be coming, but just in some real uh, parallel universe where they might actually care what Charlotte no, this FC is, thought. This is the metaverse, bro. This but, is like we are literally but, on different timelines here. But what I'm saying is Columbus would never stand for it. Like Columbus would fight. If they did anything to that was seen as a concession to Charlotte FC, Columbus would fight against it, uh, unlike our guys are fighting right now, as you mentioned earlier. Well, I guess the only option we have is to show up and wax their ass. Be loud and, and someone... The conversation has been going... This, this has been one of the hottest topics of conversation, I would say, over the last 24 hours on Charlotte FC Twitter. And my biggest contribution to that conversation is to say this. All that matters is win the match. It, it, nothing else matters. It sucks. It's horrible. But we can talk about what the strategy might be, but really it's just go out and win. And the reason we won the Philly match is because of intensity. We just carry over the intensity, and it really it, it doesn't matter necessarily who the players are if, if Quinn McNeil and Ben Bender have picked up that same intensity that Derek Jones and Camille Yosvac and... and Kerwin Vargas have been carrying into the match. I have no doubts about Gaines. I love the fact that Gaines gets to start on the ma- on the wing because he's in as, as good a form as ever, even as a sub. So let him start and play these 73 minutes. That's great. Reyna, I think, is probably a candidate for an early sub. Yeah. But we'll see what he can do. You know, like we'll see what he can do. So I, I agree with you. You can say nothing else matters and it's just so close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are. Nothing else matters, Danny Rams. Like, that is actually what the mindset should be. That's what the mindset should be for this match. I mean, let's hope the... And, and, the- I, and I got it out of the way, right? <laughs> I, I got it out of the way, and that's, I'm doing it on the eve of the match. I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm venting my frustration. Right. I'm airing my grievances right i'm telling you how much this is absurd but let me tell you what if i was in the locker room if i was in the dressing room before this match i would tell these fuckers nothing else matters yeah otherwise the playoff hopes will fade to black trust i seek and i find in you <laughs> that's what i would tell the squad let's go win just win baby you know that, that's what it's all about so with with that having been said i think the basic fact is we have who we had and we can make a few subs, but we can't play our new guys and let's go win. There's There's been nothing this entire season that has got me this bent out of shape. Like legitimately, this is it. This is it for me. In terms of the every, you're talking above everything, above coaching changes, above player decisions, above everything, signings, and this this, e- is it. this MLS idiocy, and just this is it. Yeah, just, 
again, it doesn't pass the common sense test. But like, if you play two weeks later, of course that rule makes sense. If you play two and a half months later, that rule makes no sense whatsoever, especially when you're in an active transfer window as it happens and things are changing all the time. A total mess. Before we move on to our listener questions, just Danny Brands, give us a quick scouting report. Report. What do we need to know about Columbus? It's the same as ever. Zella, Ryan, and Cucho Hernandez are the two guys that are going to hurt us the most. Put them in the pocket. If, if Derek Jones can get himself onto the pitch ASAP and I think that's start holding sub. things down. I think Jones is in for Bender to start. Would you also sub McNeil or leave McNeil out there to start? Would you burn two subs? Yes, because they're freebies. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd take my three in 73 minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have you don't really lose anything with Reyna and Gaines on the wings and Swiderski up top, but you can't go out there with a Bender-McNeil midfield after the evidence of the last five, six weeks on both ends of that equation. And those players are young enough to, like, right. like well, take yeah. it and be like, well, shit. Exactly. Yeah. At the same time, Bender left out of the squad against Philadelphia – Indicates that maybe he's he's being saved to put some minutes in when that match starts. I, do, can you see uh, from what we know of Lats? Is is he gonna burn two early subs? I like what you're saying in terms of them being freebies, but who knows if he'll see it the same way? It's a big match for Latanzio. Rumors are circulating that he's gonna be the full-time manager for this squad. That he's gonna get a three-year deal, and. If he handles this situation well, if he if he pulls the right strings, if Charlotte FC can get a W against Columbus at home and he, he manages this asinine situation very well, then I think he deserves a job. And that, that's me, and it's, it's changing my tune because I, I've been very clear. I've said if Charlotte FC makes the playoffs, Latanzio's in. If Charlotte FC doesn't make the playoffs, Latanzio's out. I think if Charlotte FC wins this game against Columbus on Wednesday night, Latanzio's in. Yeah. Ultimately, you just can't get away from the fact that there's no a there's no clear obvious like go get this person, and b the, the players all seem to really like him. The, no one will, no one will say a bad word against him from a player perspective, and the improvement you've seen in the guys who've got as much as I've disagreed with who's gotten minutes, the people who have gotten minutes have improved. So what can you say about that? No, no, than, yeah. and I'm not here to do that yeah. segment. He, he, no, we'll do that. In a future we, time. we know the sources, right? Right. Top in ninety, second mention on the show. Congratulations. Yeah, I think originally, very, very first put out there by Charlotte FC Fan TV. Oh, really? After I saw, so I was at, this goes back to the fan event they had, the autograph event, which was pretty cool, very good vibe. Hispanic Heritage and, Night? Uh, yeah, on, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the team being there for signing autographs for everybody. Did you get any and, uh, signatures? No, nah, I'm not an autograph hound, but I did get to see a lot of, I saw a, gr- a lot of great TIFOs, and we talked about just the process of it all. Good man. And, uh... I did see both Lee from Charlotte Fan TV and uh, Jorge from Top Bin deep, deep in conversation with the man, Zoran Cronetta. The Z-Man. Out, yeah, the Z-Man was, was talking to the boys, so that was pretty cool. So they were, they were, and then the next morning, the news came out, so there you have it. So There's two interviews that I want to do on this show. One's with Joe LeBlue, the president of Charlotte FC. Come on the show, Joe. And the second, to have you. And the second one is the Z-Man in the Z-Shed. Imagine if Zoran came out of the house, get back in the Z shed, offer him a, a cocktail, just kick back, yeah. relax. Yeah. Well, when he said, if if a we go through all the steps in the process to get to agree to like set up an interview for him to come on the show, and then we tell him where the location, 
Well, don't give them the. Just tell them the address. Just be like, just don't, yeah, yeah. just be. Like, meet us at this address. Don't be like meet a certain place. Don't meet me, you know, because like it, it would be. Uh, if he he would be like the Z shed. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> no, the tremendous friends of the show know, and we're gonna answer the, answer their questions next. Before before we do that, Danny Brams, the question becomes. What is the final result on Wednesday night? I can't, I can't bet against this team right now. The win streak is not. It's the first three-game win streak of the season. It doesn't matter. I've drank the Kool-Aid. Charlotte wins. They find a for Charlotte. Charlotte find. I'm going to go with the, the cop-out for uh, prediction. They find a way to win. All right. Well, I won't cop out. I've got a score in mind, and. I think that the energy that has was created on Saturday by the supporters, I think it carries over. I, I think that there is no break in the action. I think Charlotte FC hits the ground. They hit it running. They feel good. They're at home. It's almost like we, we're calling we're calling this a continuation of the mm-hmm. of the match against Columbus. Mm-hmm. But do you know what this actually is? It's a continuation of the match against Philadelphia. That's what it is. And, it has to be. And I think Charlotte FC scores two goals before the 60th minute. I think they're up 2-0. I think they could win 4-0 again. I love it. Columbus, here's here's something I probably should have said in the scouting report you asked me for earlier, but Columbus is a little bit of an Eeyore franchise. They have a recent MLS Cup to their name, but let me tell you something. They are always about what could go wrong, will go wrong. Columbus is kind of an ill-fated there's a lot of negativity in the air around Columbus Crew. Let's take advantage of that and let's just uh, let's get the fans jumping up and down. Let's get everybody yelling and screaming at the keep and let's get uh, the whole thing just in their face so they don't know what to do when our guys start running at them. It's happy hour. It's Optimist Hall. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby and uh, I've noticed some YouTube subscribers popping up. Danny Bramps. Just, just flooding into Perfect. our YouTube page, Charlotte Soccer Show. We're going to fire that up this offseason. Not enough time in the day during this season, this first season. But right. but we're going to build this 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 project. Right. We're going to build this brand. We're going to build this passion project. It's too fun. It's too fun not to just try to do more when we when, when time starts to soon become available. So we're going, to, we're going to do that. Make sure you follow us there on YouTube, Charlotte Soccer Show. And you can tell all the business people, everybody's finally yeah, funneling yeah, out of work. Yeah. And it is a beautiful Tuesday evening. The sun's Here. going down. And, and people are looking for a cocktail. So we're going to get one more. We're going to come back and we're going to ask our tremendous friends of the show to set us up with some awesome listener questions. And um, if I've been an asshole on this episode, I apologize. But um, I I can't tell. What do you? What, what's your take on what, What's your take on it, Danny? I think I, you're okay. I think you're good, but my judgment's semi-impaired. So I just I just am, and I mean this like. The rant against MLS was warranted, bro. That's all okay. I can say. That, and, and that's that's where that's what I'm a little bit hesitant yeah. about. Like, no, I, I'm not trying to be that guy that's like MLS isn't a good league. Like MLS is a great league, but because I feel that MLS is a great league, the way that Donnie and his staff, the soccer Don, has handled this situation. 
makes me feel like they're unfit right. to run the sewer. Just step in and make a ruling. Yes, you have your bylaws. Yes, you have things that are written down uh, years ago about how to handle a, a situation that's like this. But this situation is unlike any other. So step in and make a ruling that makes sense. Maybe they don't have people that'll hold them accountable. And we're happy to do that. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back after this with your listener questions. Follow him at Danny Brams. If you don't want to tweet us questions at For the Crown Baby, just make sure you tweet him questions. This will make sure to answer them. We're back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back. It's my favorite segment. It's the tremendous friends of the show, the listener engagement segment where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for, for answering the call. The bat signal. We threw it up this afternoon. We said we're going to record a new episode, and we want to answer your questions on the show. And I, I think this might be a record, Danny, of how many questions we got. The TIFOs responded. Call, call the TIFOs, Commissioner Gordon, on this one because they showed up for that bad signal right away. At For the Crown Baby, you can always ask us questions there. And uh, the first question uh, from Russell Bowman, Danny, he tweets in. He says, "Are we starting today's episode <laughs> at the 16-minute mark?" Uh, hey, as long as you get, as long as you play it all the way to the end, you can start it wherever you want, Russell, for sure. But you miss some good stuff. Although maybe. Maybe uh, maybe we bullshitted around a little bit uh, uh, heavily at the start of the episode, so who knows? You can start it wherever you want. JPP, I uh, hope to see him tomorrow night at the tap room. Back from his European gallivant. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about his time in Italy. Uh, he asked us, um, his Twitter handle, by the way, is at JamesPerez2, if you want to follow him on Twitter. He asks, what's made our defense so strong in the last three wins? Three games, two clean sheets. Easy answer. A man that you and I have been trying to dub the Ruiner, the man from Rouen, France, Adiosin Melanda. In honor of JPP being the one who asked this question, though, I'm going to call him the chef, because that was James Paul's uh, nomination for what we should call Melanda, nickname-wise. He said, he said he he serves up great, great. Great dishes. Yeah, he serves up great dishes. Thirty-four for thirty-four passing, I think, against Philadelphia. That's right. And he cleans up the kitchen because he gets shit done. He gets a lot of clearances. He's like his. He's the tallest person in the box on balls that are headed in against us, and he's like heading out everything. He's clearing shit like nobody's business. He's blocking shots before they get to the goalkeeper, which is always nice to see. So, Melanda is doing it, and he's the reason we've got these clean sheets for sure. Which, yeah. I agree completely. <laughs> Next question, level up Luke at uh, LVL up underscore Luke. The meme king. Hope to see him tomorrow night at Hooligans. And by the way, we're going to be there. Level I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there tomorrow night in the, in the quarter in the in Latt Arcade? I hope to be watching Champions League at Hooligans and then transitioning into a Charlotte FC pre-party and going absolutely nuts. So if, if you're – and the reason why we waited this long in the episode to tell you that, because if you are this far in – Fuck yeah. Meet us there tomorrow Please. at Lot Arcade. We're going to be there all afternoon and all evening before this Charlotte FC match. Only place to be. Against Columbus. Uh, level up Luke, he asks, boxers or briefs? <laughs> what? Oh, oh. I see. He says, now that we've lost JH <laughs> with the first question. He says, Danny Rams, who do you think um, 
has has better odds to advance to the playoffs. And by playoffs, he probably means knockout rounds. The knockout rounds, yeah. Charlotte FC or United States men's national team? Woo! That's a good question. I would say the odds belong in this case in favor of the U.S. men's national team because they haven't played any yet, and Charlotte's odds are long just because we need so many other results that we are not playing in to go our way. But I don't have a lot of hope for the U.S. men's national team right now after the latest international break. I think it's going to take a real wake-up call in the time between now and they start playing in Qatar uh, for for the red, white, and blue to to go far. I think we can beat Wales. I think we can even beat England, but I'm not... I think we'd also... There's a a chance... I couldn't rule out that UN's men go 0-3 in this World World Cup. You know, I don't predict that, but I'm just saying that's in the range of possibilities because of the poor form they've showed recently. Michael Hubbard, at Hub Likes on Twitter, he tweets in, I want Danny Brams' prediction for the Arsenal versus Liverpool match this weekend. Let's go ahead and get it on the record. 3-1 Arsenal. Easy. Wow. Arsenal's in form. Liverpool is not. So it's 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 not out of the it, question. Yeah. The, if, if the best Liverpool can hope for this season is getting draws against their opponents. Let's Where's the match? That way. At the Emirates, baby. The Emirates will be rocking. They've been saying the the talk around Arsenal, as I listen to Handbrake Off podcast, great effort of the athletic is that the Emirates has never been louder than it, than it has this season. It finally starts to feel like home, like old Highbury yeah. used to back in the day. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Listen, I'm a Tottenham supporter, and after the North London Derby, all I could do is let Danny Brams know that it was a deserved win, and Arsenal's playing great football. And what the fuck else am I going to say? You know, there's not much I you could. You had to go high know. road. You you yeah. had no choice yeah. but high yeah. road. Exactly on that right, one, for sure. Even though there was a questionable red card <laughs> in the match, but. You, can, you look at it from a neutral point of view, and it's a it's a silly foul. It's a stupid foul. Um, the, the next question goes. You can't from, step on guys' feet. Correct. And listen, and, and I want to be very very clear about this. Anything that has to do with studs is a red card. Right. Any studs above the ankle, red card. Right. And it goes into my a greater theory that I would just love to just tangentially mention here, as take a two second break from the listener questions, is that. Everyone rags on soccer players like, oh, they roll around in pain, like it's so hard. Oh, like how can they act so fake hurt? Oh, they're always fake hurt, blah, 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 blah. Let me ask you something. Run around at full speed and get kicked in the fucking shin or the ankle <laughs> or someone steps on your foot in studs yeah. at full speed. And, like, tell me what would happen to you. Like, cause, like you know, like in some yeah. cases it's actually pretty remarkable that they do get up and keep playing because that shit hurts. Like, I, I don't give a – like, come on. Let's – Quit, quit trying to act from the couch like you feel less pain than a damn soccer player going out there and get destroyed at full speed. Anyway, carry on. No, it's, it's a great rant and it's a great aside because it's true. And um, if you want to test that theory, I'll be happy to put my, my <laughs> boots on and, and and make you feel exactly what... Uh, who took that foul against uh, Tottenham? I think it was Martinelli. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Gabriel Martinelli. Yeah. Who, who, which, by the way, he, Martinelli, Gabriel Martinelli is having a fantastic year for Arsenal. Uh, his pace down the left-hand side is absolutely fantastic. Uh, ben writes in at Tots00. Do we think Latanzio has learned from his blunders earlier this season? Mostly going too defensive, holding a lead in the second half, cites Miami and Chicago as example is that of that. Probably cost us the playoffs. Oh, seems like... Uh, Ben has given up, but um, at least he's ditched that approach. So, 
it's it's a long question. We like one part questions, so let's answer the first part. Has Latanzio learned from his blunders this season? I just retweeted Ben from the show account. Best question I've heard in a while, and absolutely nailed it. He has learned, and that's why he's under rumors for getting the job full time. And his blunders early did cost us the playoffs. Ben, you fucking nailed it. Good job. I want Charlotte FC to make the playoffs so badly, but we need things to happen. And and I'm a believer. I, I just want I, I just I want people to know I'm a believer. I, I think that we could do it. I think you're just saying that to paint me as the bad guy. No, I'm here. not. No, I'm not, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm feeling the vibe. I don't know. Oh, I don't man, know. I'm riding the wave, dude. Yeah, I'm, the, I don't know. I'm still on my surfboard riding this wave, dude. <laughs> Here's the deal. If we made the playoffs, I'll be very happy, and we can get a dunk tank, and anybody that wants to can come just throw <laughs> baseballs or kick soccer balls at a, at a dunk tank and knock me down. And I know there's uh, young and old audience members that would relish that opportunity. And there's one that's sitting across from you right now. <laughs> That would relish that opportunity as well. It's a promise. It's a bet. At Life of Geslin on Twitter, that's where you can follow Matt Geslin. You're going to be hearing from him a lot in the next three or four months um, as we get him involved during the World Cup and during the Premier League season before next year's MLS season. This, this show is not going anywhere. It's, a, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Um, he writes in and he asks, how many goals would Thor, also known as Holland, you know, you know, Erling Holland, that, Erling Brown that, Holland. That, that guy that's doing pretty well for Manchester City. Um, how would he? How many goals would he score in an MLS season? If he was on Charlotte FC, how many goals would he have right now? First half of the season or second half? <laughs> I mean, full season. The, the uh, full season. The, the the reason I put it that way is because the whole question of how a goal scorer like Holland puts goals in the back of the net is service and. Holland is a very good player. He's a, he's absolute physical freak in terms of size and speed. He's the best combination of size and speed that I've seen play soccer in a long damn time. In terms of like just he can he can just accelerate. He can just he can work one twos so yes. well because he can just pass off and go and be at full speed faster than a defender can get there. It's a elite world class level skill that is finding itself capable of finishing many goals in the Premier League right now. I think he's got three straight hat-tricks at home. He's on great pace to uh, uh, beat uh, Harry Kane's goal-scoring <laughs> record in the Premier League, so I know you're not <laughs> feeling good about that. But well, I think Harry's probably not coming. there yet, for yeah. what it's worth. Harry's not there yet. But uh, Holland is amazing. To answer Geslin's question, I don't know if I should try to answer this analytically or philosophically, but I think it's like I almost want to say less than you think is my answer. Just because... But then again, I think about... Just because the service... He doesn't get the ball in as great of positions as easily as it is for him to score for Manchester City. But then again, I think about how bad the defending can be at times. And I think, man, this guy could really take advantage of the defenders. So let's let's put it somewhere between 25 and 40, if that's not too big of a range. Because it just kind of is all about how much he would will. I think he could score 25 in his sleep. And if he was motivated, he could get up to 40. I think 30 is a good number. Yeah. All right. I think 30 is a great number. Uh, next question comes in from... Not that train that's going by, but Levi Clanton. <laughs> he, he writes in, he says, what do you think will be our most realistic outcome for these final two matches and I, I, I want to kind of avoid Columbus we've talked about that we've given our prediction it's for this easy, match I can rapid fire this one win win is realistic is the most realistic no one's hottest team in the league right now let's go until we aren't we are 
So let's keep it going. I'll say you, this. You said one of the smartest things I've, I've heard in since the time I've been sitting across from you recording, talking about this team, when you said, this is not a continuation of the Columbus match. This is a continuation of the Philadelphia match. That was brilliant analysis by you, and as long as that proves to be true, we'll easily win the next two games. The next question is is from quite possibly my favorite listener, the footballista. She writes in, and and by the way, we'd love to meet you tomorrow night at the Keep. If 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 you and and your son could could meet us in the tap room before the match, that would make my night. Quite frankly, we'll be there. Go ahead. The footballista, she she chimes in. She says, "This entire season, I felt like MLS, ESPN, and well-known soccer pundits have completely written CLTFC off. Just yesterday, I was horrified by how ESPN quote summarized the last match. Do you think we will always be disrespected, or is this something that goes away? It only goes away when you win. I will uh, justify. I won't try to justify it, but I will try to explain it in terms of saying that it's it's hard to know everything." And when you are a when you're a pundit on the national level, you're really not going to know every single team on a granular level. Yeah. And it's easy to skip the expansion. It's, team. it's almost like it's Danny like, Rams yeah. has worked at that level before. Yeah. So all I can say is, footballista and everybody else that still has their ears on right now, you're lucky that you have the Charlotte Soccer Show in your life because we are here <laughs> to pick up the slack, and you don't have to worry about what ESPN and all those national people are saying right now because we've got you covered. Don't worry about it. We absolutely do. We've got eyes on this match, and I, Danny Rams, I, I, I promise you, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, okay? Because I enjoy my time working for ESPN. I love a lot of people there. But one thing that has made me a better gambler is to not watch ESPN. <laughs> hey, if it pays off, I would keep doing it. So. It's just hard, man. It's hard to be. And, and realistically, I, I mean this, right? Danny Brams is a senior producer at ESPN. You've, you've, you've been up in, at the mothership. You're now down at SEC Network producing the best SEC show there is. And he's the ultimate professional. And the work that he puts out there is second to none in his space. But there's other people in his space. Uh, maybe Joe Clatt at Fox. Maybe a Joey Galloway at ESPN. People are, who are so biased based on their own experience that can... Maybe people that are so so biased based on their own experience, they can't, they can't separate it. They can't. They just can't. I, trust me, I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've heard it with my ears. That's why I'm only biased in favor of Charlotte FC. Tug Daly, uh, you can find him at Tug Speedman 46. I got to be honest with you, man. Three questions. No, no, no. I, I, listen, I, I need, to, I need, I need you to check my brain at the door here, <laughs> because Tug Daly to me represents something that he might not mean to represent. Every time I see his name, I'm like, is he trying to fuck around with this name? <laughs> Taking a question from Tug Daly on the on the pod is upping the uh, the rating on the podcast to PG-13 at the very minimum. And his handle is 
Tug's Mean Man 46. <laughs> we love you, Tug. Tug's a great follower, though. Tug actually has some no, pretty I, insightful yeah, tweets. I, yeah, and I hope, you know, you can relax, because Tug and Daly really does, you know, <laughs> help your anxiety. Uh, he says, does Latanzio keep Carroll at the 10 with the force roster differences we'll have heading into this season? Or does he sub Rios as soon as possible or wait? I think you kind of outlined it earlier. You you have to you can't waste all five subs early, but you can probably burn two of them on getting the better midfielders in there, and then leave Rios for a little bit later in the match. Second half sub, we'll see. Okay, assuming we win, what are the odds that Red Bulls rest players, having already clinched? Predicting Red Bulls is a lost cause. They suck, and they do all kinds of random things all the time. They rotate guys much more than almost any other team in the league, and. We shouldn't have any trouble beating them like we did earlier this year badly. I've got one more question, and I've also got um, one more comment from uh, our very tremendous friend of the show, Michael Volak, who I hope to see on Wednesday as well. Uh, Jonathan Pata, he chimes in, Pata Bread, on Twitter. Your favorite memory of the season? Man, it's too uh, – is it too early? I, I actually almost retweeted that one. But it's like too early almost because we do still have the two games left. Who knows what our fa- our favorite memory might be? It might actually turn out to be something we see at a watch party next Saturday on Decision Day or Sunday, excuse me, on Decision Day against the Bulls. So who knows? But as of now, and it's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna say, every, I would almost everyone would almost expect me to say uh, the vault. The VIP, the VIP that no, I just you're, you're a better man than thanks that. You're, an, you're a bigger man than thanks that. Thanks to Danny an anonymous Rams. benefactor uh, who really came through and did a massive solid, and I can't thank him enough. I'll let him stay anonymous though. But what I will say is, my favorite favorite memory of the season. There's there's many contenders, and there's a couple wins at the keep that could easily fill the slot. There's a strong contender which would be the trip to Greenville. Didn't, didn't quite make my number one spot, but another trip did. And it would have to be along the lines of the VIP experience in the keep was the time, the trip that you and I made to Atlanta. Oh, and just oh, amazing. You know, if a loss early in the season can be your favorite memory of the season, nothing will top the fun. The really, that, I feel like that kind of that trip kind of like opened our eyes to like what was possible with the team and, and why we wanted to commit and be all in on this show and things like that. So, like. Yeah, like going to Atlanta and just being at the club level, but still having that field level access and just being able to talk trash to Atlanta fans and seeing the team's first ever goal in person on the road on an away day like that is is something that will always live with me. And I think it it just fueled everything that has come later. And so I have to kind of go all the way back to that, even though even though the 4-0 against Nashville and, and some Shinyashiki goals and, and Derek's four, uh, excuse me, Dana Rios's. Uh, Four goal performance and Ruiz to Jones to, to top off Nashville, like I said, and just like a few things like that. Like, uh, those will be great, but g- give me the away day in Atlanta as my number one. It's a great answer. That day is like etched in my memory. You and I driving down there. Yeah, because I got to be with my yeah, boy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's it was why. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. It was us against the world that day. It was. It was. And we had an absolute fucking blast there doing that. And, but I, I just have to 
tell you what comes to my mind first because it's the first time I'm, I'm going to admit this on the show and I got no problem doing that. And I, I kind of want to wrap up the show with this. Um, and it's that when Carol Swiderski scored his second goal of the season against New England Revolution at home to go up 2-1 and break onto the scene. It was Carlos Hill who scored that PK to tie the match against the run of play. And Swiderski scored a brace. You hear him back there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I cried in the stands. I, I was like, I was so emotional at that moment, dude. Yeah. I literally cried. It was like, it was everything that I dreamed of. Like, Swiderski was our designated player. You and I had just been on the road to witness a heartbreaking loss at Atlanta, which mm-hmm. was the match before that. Mm-hmm. My, we had, you and I had just been at DC United in the first match. That was a great memory as well. To witness the loss there. <laughs> that, we, the, the dinner after DC United might have been my number one memory. It was a contender, just so you know. That's why I saw Lauren and Kristen this yeah. weekend in town, so it was great to see them. Um, and LA Galaxy, the first home match, that, that mm-hmm. 1-0 winner, I just... Freaking effort out when, and, yeah. and Swiderski hadn't scored at, to that point. And when, when he put that brace in, man, it was just like I... I was so emotional about that moment, and yeah. I, I cried like a baby in my seat. Well, it's like both of it's, it's interesting to me that both of our memories are kind of early season, like, like let's get going. Like, because yeah. when we we both committed, and a lot of people out there listening right now committed to this team and bought season tickets or said they were going to attend a majority of games or even jumped in midseason, like, but like just that that first rush that you feel like okay it's kind of worth it because of this experience that I'm getting right now is always going to linger long in your memory that's right and I think it's a perfect way to end the show and uh, you, you heard where we're going to be tomorrow we're going to be in a lot of arcade we're going to be at the tap room it's a, it's going to be a an epic Wednesday evening <laughs> it just hit me that's the last home match like, yeah. this is it man yeah. this is it so um, I'm gonna be in a lot of arcade. Fuck work, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. It's early. time. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Early. I'm gonna celebrate tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this ride. Uh, it's like it's, you know, we might get off the roller coaster tomorrow, but shit, we might be still be on that thing yeah. heading into Sunday. Might just be a loop de loop. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby, at John Hayes on Air, at Danny Brams as well. Send us your questions. We love answering your questions on the show. We wouldn't be able to do this show without our tremendous friends of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And I also have to say this, at the very end of the pod, Danny Brands, we talked about memories of the season. And that's on the field, right? Off the field, my memories of the season, all the relationships that we've made along the way. All the people, all the new people that we've got to know. Danny Brams and I, mm-hmm. we're colleagues. We've worked together. We know mm-hmm. each other. You know, this isn't new for us to sit sit across the table from one another and talk. We've done this for a while. But to invite some of you yeah. into our group to to see level up in in the arcade. <laughs> yeah, and just be exactly. like, level up! Yeah. You know, it's like we'll come to South Carolina someday, Luke, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> you know, to, to to see Michael Volok and and uh, and Jenny is is, yeah. is his new fiance, right? Exactly. And to, to be able to celebrate talk, and enjoy talk that, about evolving through the course of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're um, we're enjoying it here.
on a Tuesday evening at Optimus Hall. And as always, for the crown, baby. <laughs>